0: you're listening to extra textual this is a show where we talk about an idea concept theme trend and related to some kind of media like film tv video games books music and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way thanks for listening We're back. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Eli Steenland, and with me is
1: Jeremy Holiday.
0: We're uh, continuing with uh, a little talk about uh, now playing. What That's we've right. Been watching now playing. Now playing in our in, living rooms. In a world. Uh, so One. we're gonna also talk about what we've been watching with our kids. Yeah. And I think we'll start there, and then what we've just been watching personally. So how about you? What have you been watching with your kids?
1: Well, I guess there's two things I want to say. I, I, uh, um, my son Sam, he's five, is like. Totally in a Transformers phase. Yeah. Um, my oldest son Ethan was more of like a building, constructing kind of thing, mm-hmm. and my son Sam really loves dramatic play. So mm-hmm. um, he they, they talk. We there's a lot of like Transformers putting other Transformers in stasis pods. A lot <laughs> of our lives. Um, we've worked our way through Rescue Bots, which is a great show. It's yeah. Absolutely fabulous, timeless, like up there with some of the best PBS stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> um, and uh, after we sort of did that, we. We're looking for another Transformers show. Um, and there's, a, we've been watching a lot of Transformers Robots in Disguise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a newer show. Um, Bumblebee is the leader. Um, and there's there's a lot of really cool characters. Um, you got Bumblebee, you got Sideswipe, who's kind of like a punk kid, uh, Grimlock, sort of a big, giant, bunch of guy. Um, there's a couple cool female characters Strongarm, who's a sort of like by the
0: book cadet character. Is Bumblebee an original character, or is that from oh, yeah yeah. Beazle? No, no, no. no Bumblebee right.
1: is 80, classic 84 okay, Transformers. Okay. Uh, Optimus Prime, Second Command. He's the yellow oh, okay. beetle. Um, and there's a couple. There's like the... Um, in Robots in Disguise you got um, uh, Drift, who is like a samurai, and he has these two little uh, sidekick minicons. Yeah. Um, and you have Windblade, who's this, I mean, uh, cool female, like, assassin Ronin character, yeah. who's super cool. She's one of the few... Folks that fly. Yeah. I, I, there's a little... I mean, she does have clearly have high heels. <laughs> and, like, Sideswipe clearly has the hots for her. Yeah. Um, but she could care less about Sideswipe. She's just mainly <laughs> interested in kicking butt. Yeah. Um, so not a perfect female character, but I think pretty solid. We've mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> watching that. And we tried uh, watching Transformers Prime. Okay. Um, it is... I, I may have talked about this before in the show. It was super dark. Oh, I've heard that. And, like, at yeah. one point like a an autobot's like look away to like the human kids that are there and they're like no and he like rips the like still pulsating processor heart (laughs) out of a decepticon (laughs) and like in this third episode like megatron races an army of like undead robots which Mm. they're like slicing through and i'm like whoa (laughs) this is not for you know i mean this is like for teenagers um so i mean we're we've been enjoying robots in disguise so he wanted to like watch some of the originals because I kept talking about yeah. them. So I sent a call out on the Facebook I saw that. and my friend Peter, origins, who is yeah. like sweet, sweet ultra geek like myself. Um, <laughs> he's like, I have them in the movie. Here you go. Um, and so we borrowed him and we started watching, um, the original ones. Yeah. And, um, there, what it looks like, the structure is like there are these three sort of this three-part episode that like that the announcer refers to as the Transformers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was like like a pilot, like a three-episode pilot, and like yeah. that was supposed to be it. I mean, I know the toys came first, which is an odd thing to be true about toys these days. Yeah. Um. And uh, some of them are interesting. Um. Mm-hmm. We've worked a part way through the first season, and it keeps getting better. Yeah. You know, like it's clear that there's some some writing involved at some point. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's really interesting is like like Soundwave who has these little tapes that come out and transform and they gather information. They actually have to physically come back in his body to transfer the information. (laughs) There's like a dramatic moment with a diskette in there and, and and like Sam's like, what is that? And he's like, why is he worried about it? Because like he has no concept of like data being located in that way, <laughs> um, but I, I some of the episodes I remember clearly because I saw them hundreds of times as a kid. We would like yeah. rent the videos and watch them because I didn't see them on regular TV okay. usually.
0: Watch them over and over. And it'd be like
1: a cluster of a couple episodes, and I would copy them. And um, and so it's it's fun to watch with him. He um, I was disappointed because I um, we talk about Robotech and we have some toys, mm-hmm. and he, he wanted to watch it one day. And so I, I it's on Netflix and I started it and yeah. I watched the first one. And I was like, you want to watch the second one? He's like no can we watch something else and I'm like no it's too early it's um, but he does like the um, he's probably watched like 9 or 10 episodes over the course of a couple weeks of the the what 84 tr- no of, of Transformers of oh, the okay. 84 yeah. Transformers yeah. it's much more suitable to his palette mm-hmm. and also like it has like we like the toys that we have um, are all like for those in the know, like G one Transformers, like the first generation from the show. Okay. Like we don't have the movie ones. We don't have we have we have some from Robots in Disguise. Yeah. But they're mainly from the original show. So he's really excited that like his toys will look exactly like the ones in the show. Mm-hmm. Um. And like I said before in the show, like. We play a, a game called uh, Transformers Devastation, which is, I think, by Pinnacle, the company. Um, it's a wonderful thing, and it's really got our, our whole family back into Transformers. Yeah. Um, and so, like, and then those are all G1 Transformers. They're all the original folks with the mm-hmm. original voices. Um, and so, it's nice to. To kind of go back to that, The show is like what passed for good storytelling in 1984 for kids <laughs> shows is far below what passing now. <laughs> I mean, like I mean I've talked about how great Trollhunters is yeah. before, but like this even like like Robots like, like in Disguise that. is like a phenomenally better show. Hmm. I mean, like it's it has right. more interesting themes, mm. you know. It has more interesting characters, you know. Like even in the original Transformers, like. The characters, like if they weren't drawn differently and did different things, sometimes you couldn't tell. Like they don't have personalities. Yeah. You know, Optimus Prime's like, "Let's roll out," and then like Bumby's like, "Let me help." <laughs> you know, and like it isn't until I mean we're getting further along like in the first season and they're starting to have personalities and people, mm-hmm. but like, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, because you know, I and like when I you know I remember them as a kid, and I'm I keep thinking like there's more to them, and no, that's just that like that's where that scene is done and we're moving <laughs> on to the next one um we also uh watched monsters inc for the first time as a family and we've had it I think we might even own it but we Uh um we like got it at the library and watched it and the kids like just loved it ethan loved it for all the interesting scary you know like uh Mm -hmm. technological stuff and sam liked because there's a lot of like physical humor like people hitting themselves and the sliming and all that stuff it was really fun um we also like as part of our like Transformers phase, we're also watching a lot of YouTube videos, which okay. is, like, a lot of, like, YouTube toy reviews. Okay. Um, and so uh, I, like, I try to curate my children's, like, online experience. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of time trying to find, like, um, a reliable reviewer that we liked. Yeah. Um, for all Nerf products, we go, we um, we refer to Drac. There's a guy, mm-hmm. his name is Lord Draconical. He's declares shout himself the... Drac, yeah. yeah, shout out to Drac. The uh, Nerf vampire. Um, he's. I think he lives <laughs> in Georgia. Um, he uh, has what I would consider by far the best and most honest review of all Nerf products. Does he dress as a vampire? No. I I think like when he like does LARPing, he has like a okay. vampire style to him. He has like the yeah. sort of leather mask thing. That sounds really bad, but I mean like <laughs> he has like a, he has he has like, he does some LARP play, and I think he just like identifies with like the vampireish kind of character. No, he's no, just a guy. He's just a guy. Yeah. Um and um, he has a girlfriend for reals. Um <laughs> and um he I mean like like we trust his opinion on pretty much everything Nerf. Yeah. Um we share the same sort of views about stuff. And um, not know
0: vampires use Nerf guns.
1: Well, much. it's just, you know, it's like it, it's I don't know, it's just like everyone has some kind of digital avatar and his <laughs> just happens to be Drac. Vampire um vampire. uh and he um so, like, you know, I subscribe to his channel. When something new comes out, we all watch it. Mm-hmm. If we want to know, like, should should we buy this Nerf gun or not, we, yeah. like, see his review of it because he has reviews of pretty much everything. Um, I, and as far as I know, he, like, buys all the stuff himself. Like, I mean, he's very, you know, like, he mm-hmm. – Nerf doesn't send them stuff. Or if they right. do, it's not a big deal. Or if it does, they, he tells them. Um, you know, he tells you that. Anyway, so we found um, our favorite – Transformer reviewer is a guy named Chefatron. <laughs> yes. um, He's—I don't know who he is, but um, he, he's a, a guy. He has kids. He lives in Manila in the Philippines, hmm. um, and he—he he is like our go-to man for transformer reviews. Shout nice. out to Chefatron. Um, uh, you know, he, he's basically mainly like um, unboxing stuff. You know, yeah. like he gets the toy, he opens it up, but he like he gives you like the really solid reviews. Um, he doesn't pull his punches. There's a, mm-hmm. lot, of, there's a lot of toys where I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. And he's like, yeah, this toy looks really cool. But look, look, his arm doesn't – his arm falls off when you try to play with him. So you give this to your kid. Your kid can't play with it. Right. Like that's what I need to know. Yeah, that's what you want to know. And so I mean like – and because of that, my, my five-year-old has been like, I really like the way the elbows have articulation here. and I really, <laughs> I really like how they did a re-sculpt on his head and I really like his paint apps. This is true. Yeah. Um, you know, and so he um, –
0: You guys are going to have to partner up for your own – yeah yeah
1: um but it's been it's been a pleasure um we also came across um this other youtube channel um called lots of toys and it's uh, it's all done by this woman named miriam i don't know who she is but it's like it's adorable it, i <laughs> i i i don't find it as informative as like chefetron mm-hmm. but it's like miriam playing with like her kids and she would be like in this week we're gonna have like arm, you know and like they'll fight <laughs> yeah. and so she reviews them but she, she did it's a really fun if you have like a five or six year old that's into this stuff it's a or a four-year-old because yeah. she like she's like you know she introduces the video she has her guys fight a little bit and she normally reviews like like six or seven toys in one review mm. and she also yeah, has this like secret box she's like and at the end of the video there's the secret box <laughs> um and sam just he just eats it up wow um in uh and it's mainly just views of like her hands manipulating toys and playing and stuff right. um but she uh
0: he, yeah he loves it and sometimes her kids Tom, show up uh, chef John cook he, like... i
1: i i don't know if he's a chef in his real life yeah um and i i I have no idea what it comes from um but it's mainly him it's you know again it's just like him unboxing and talking about stuff and he has like there's a couple times when you get to see his collection of -hmm. transformers like you get you rarely get to see his face it's like i think it's in his basement it's like just an entire wall of like (laughs) you know 30 optimus primes because he has all of them Every, every month yeah um you know, and, and and we learned a lot about like you know it's it's a good like uh, where to buy them, how much to pay, what are good things, how to fix problems, um, you know, how to be responsible purchaser and owner of transformers. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, he's like, I trust his opinion about all this stuff. There, there's been there's been a couple th- there have been plenty of times where we're like oh this looks cool and we're like should we buy it on Amazon like let's check out chevatron's review mm-hmm. and he's like oh this is horrible you know Hasbro what are you doing you know yeah. um other times where he's like. All the other people don't like this one. I really <laughs> love this one. You should get it. You know. Um, so there's been a lot of uh, a lot of our lives spent um, uh, watching
0: s- that. Secretly planning a spin off Transformers podcast thing. Uh,
1: no, I'm not. Because I mean, not- I, I like. That's one of the things. Like, I don't feel like I'm qualified. <laughs> I mean, to, I mean to listen to a lot of these folks talk about stuff. You know, I mean, like, I like being. There's just I don't. I don't have the knowledge. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, like, Chef John was talking about how, like, you know, like. The, like the star screen model who's like this transforms in a plane and like the the in many of the models the guns attach off the arms he's like because yeah like in like episode three he actually holds it in his <laughs> hand like a gun and i'm like you know and i just watched episode three mm-hmm. and he's right yeah. Yeah. yeah um but i mean it would be fun i mean i think i think honestly in my future they're like we're gonna make some like minecraft videos in our family because mm-hmm. i know my eight-year-old really likes to do that yeah and i would really like to sort of um teach stuff the other thing I don't know what you other viewers think about this, but there's definitely a lot of in in the world of Minecraft videos. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like there's a, a genre of video uh, like Minecraft trolling, okay. where like uh, someone runs a server and they kind of like punk people that are playing on their server, hmm. and usually it's like. Um, at least the ones my son watches, yeah. they're pretty tame. Usually it's like they pick someone, they kind of make a copy of the work that they're doing and then like turn it all into gravel or something. And they're yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> um, and I'm and I'm pretty like I would I could only guess that there's like more intense trolling sure. out there. Um, but I'll talk to my son a lot about it and like I mean, it's pretty tame because mm-hmm. it also, like, then, you know, but often the people that get punked are, like, excited because they then get to, like, interact with, like, the famous YouTuber and, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't oh, get yeah. that. And, like, oh, it's cool. You know, and they, they give him some kind of prize in there, you know, for being mm-hmm. selected to do it. So it seems um, generally good. But it also, like, you know, I mean, he <laughs> I'm sure all of you – I mean, he's getting at the age where, like, um, you know, like uh, cutting people out socially and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is, yeah, like, yeah. real at school. Right. Um, and I really – you know, want to try to find a way to help responsibly um, teach him good habits in mm-hmm. the stuff that he does. Because um, I think it's like sometimes, that, I mean, like I don't know. It's it, it's trolling. Like trolling is a bad word for a reason, <laughs> you know. And it's like we don't like I, the internet. There's just so much of it around yeah. um, that I um, it's a, it, because of it showing up in sort of like a genre of YouTube videos. Something that mm-hmm. we've talked about a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, weirdly with. Monsters, Inc., we, my oldest son, who's eight now, um, he was, like, pretty much an only child for five years before we had our other kids, and so when he was pretty young, we watched Monsters, Inc., and we got a bunch of the, uh, Pixar movies, um, on, on Blu-ray, so that was one of them, and he, like, loved it, but it was, like, he was young enough that he didn't really, like, conceptualize them as, like, monsters or anything like that, and then we kind of took a. Like he was almost watching it every day. And then uh, he got a little bit older, and like we rewatched it. And then he understood like monsters. <coughs> and so, then he did not want to watch it. Um, so like was totally against it. So. It's still, like, sort of stuck in our house that he just, like, never wants to watch it. Mm. And so, I don't know if you've seen the sequel, which I heard is not as good. Oh, Monsters University? Yeah. It looked all right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, catching. like,
0: we haven't been able to watch that because he's just, like, totally. Oh, it's against. not scary. Even though, yeah. Even though he's eight now and would totally not be scared of yeah. it. Yeah. He's just, <clears> like, <throat> has this concept of, like, I don't like that movie. Um, which I'm sure our uh, three-year-old would really. We have it. And my five-year-old got a kick out of, like, the
1: slime monster that mops up slime and then slimes again. (laughs) He talks about it every day.
0: (laughs) Nice. Which is pretty much like kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, For me, uh, I want to mention... So, again, with my oldest, uh, who's eight, we started to realize he... Well, he shares a room with our three-year-old. So, usually we do bedtime together because they just go to bed better when they go at the same time and yeah. their brothers are there you know with them um but we realized like well our year old's getting old enough he can like stay up a little later on the weekends maybe and so we've we've started to plan maybe like a movie night on the weekend where uh he can stay up later and we'll watch something a little bit older than the three-year-old can watch um so we just we started doing that once and so it were great we had to like let our three-year-old fall asleep, and our eight was in bed, and then he snuck out. So, like the three-year-old would think he's still there. Some he's days, like, no, he's like, like, but in dad, bed. you <laughs> lied to me was, all these years. I thought bed. Asher was sleeping. Right, that's right. Yeah, but it, it worked so far, and so we—I really had been excited to show him uh, *Spirited Away*. All right. So, which is one of my favorite animated films. Yeah. Um, and he's seen other Miyazaki, so. In general, we started watching uh, Ponyo. John yeah, if you've seen. Yeah, Ponyo uh, with our three-year-old, and he's like loved that. And we yeah. got like uh, books from the library um, that are pretty much like every frame from the film, so he's been like devouring that. Our three-year-old, um, and my eight-year-old watched when he was young, and which is definitely the most aimed at a young audience. Well, my neighbor Totoro, though. Yeah, yeah, I think they're both. I mean, like. Ponyo doesn't have, like, a whole lot of plot. I mean, it has plot.
1: No, no, but it has. Like, there's, like, apocalyptic flood that's going there on is, in a way is. that there's no that's big true. thing in
0: Totoro. It's also just kind of, like, a lot of... There's not a, a ton of talking and stuff. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's like, true. Yeah. Less dialogue. Um, so, and very, like, pleasant colors and stuff. Anyways, so he's been, like, aware and seen things like that, but I think Spirited Away, we wanted to wait until was a little bit older because I think yeah. it's much more like emotionally rich too like yeah. i know i did happen to see that one in the theater when it came to the u.s and it was like i mean i wasn't like scared or anything but it was like a journey you go on with these characters yeah, yeah, yeah. that didn't like affect me that yeah. i felt for this this little girl um but yeah, he he just like was totally mesmerized, and you know, like when you I don't know if you experienced like when your kids like watch something and they're just like so into it, like you can just see in their eyes, like yeah. And you touch them to, like, like what? Yeah, and I was trying to like was, talk to, talk the to them, and they're just like huh, yeah, what? Yeah, I yeah. can't I can't hear anything you're, you're the right now. You're doing yeah. thing dead. Yeah. So and like we we made like popcorn and stuff, and he just like couldn't eat it because he was just like so focused on the show. But, like you can have popcorn. He's like, oh what? There's popcorn
1: here. I was looking. Yeah.
0: So so that was cool to share that that film with him, uh, and maybe we'll do do some other films too. Um, Castle in the Sky is probably my favorite. Castle in the Sky his. is pretty great. Uh, I saw Princess Mononoke yeah. around the same time. It's I mean, um, it's, which has a little more like violence, I guess. Yeah, it's it's like um, a preteen teen. I think he can handle that pretty yeah. soon. It's not like too violent. Um, I also,
1: I mean, I like. I mean, Noskia and the Valley of the Wind. Yeah, is great. I mean, because sure it has. I mean, like a much like a. It's an environmental message mm-hmm. is very very strong. It's strong in all of those films. With right. Us. That one's It's really like. Clear, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Actually, I think we have seen Castle in the Sky when he was younger. Oh, Castle um, in
1: the Sky is probably my favorite. Yeah.
0: We have it upstairs right now. Yeah. My. Uh, not to go into too far, but um, I was pretty good friends one year with some uh, foreign exchange students to our uh-huh. high school. And so one was from Indonesia, and uh, I was not like really into anime at the time, but I had seen some, and so I was just trying to like connect with him and stuff. And so he he liked anime, um, and so I was asking him what his favorite were, and there was somewhat of a language barrier, but he would like always tell me like Castle in the Sky, it's it's great. And so in that time, like we didn't have the internet as much to like yeah just look yeah things as much was, like, no internet okay yeah. well, I guess I guess there's there, was, like, there. yeah getting close to yeah somewhere. Um, but not just always to reference that. So it always like kind of stuck in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, was good, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've been wanting to revisit that phone. That's uh, really good. I think, uh, that's mostly, yeah, I would say that's what we've been watching. Um, also my three year old has been watching Scooby Doo, but mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't have a lot to say about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to, um, what we've been watching. So why don't you throw, throw one of yours? Sure. Out? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I just uh, – uh, this is
1: now playing – actually playing. um yeah. So uh, I, I've talked about how much I love the game Hell Divers. Um, I've progressed uh, far enough in it that now I'm, like, helping a lot of new people. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of – like it's, like, super entertaining for me to, like, <laughs> jump into a, a dive and there's, like, two to three people, like, they're level one. They, they might not have any idea what they're doing. And they just, like, keep blowing each other up and, like, dropping pods accidentally on their heads. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, guys, okay. Okay, we need to move. Like, okay, you press this button, it turns on your map. That tells you what to do. And they're like, "Oh, wow, I don't know that," you know. And it's just like, um, and, and the game. You get you get good at the game because you're like you, be, uh, able to function as a disciplined member of a team. Mm-hmm. And it's like playing with some of these new folks, which I think I was too. They're just like all over the place, <laughs> shooting everywhere, just blowing everything up, um, yeah. and it's just super entertaining. But that company, um, Arrowhead uh, Studios, um, they also before they made Helldivers they made a Gauntlet remake. Okay. The classic, um, great arcade game, you know, Red Warrior needs food badly. Um, and it's really fun. Um, I downloaded it, like, two days ago. It was on sale on Steam. Yeah. Played it for a little bit tonight. Um, it's really hard. I mean, (laughs) it is, it's, um, it's a, it's a same principle as the original. Yeah. You have a couple more, like, options and abilities and whatnot. But it's, like, I, like, died, like, ten times, like, before Eli (laughs) showed up here. And it was not, I wasn't playing for that long. Um, so it's super entertaining. I'm excited about playing that. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, on a more serious note, yes. um, uh, I, I, uh, uh, um, season two of Master of None mm-hmm. just dropped a little nice. bit ago. And I was like, I got updates from Netflix like every, you know, 28 seconds about yeah, that. It watching, yeah. I'm like, yes, please. Is it open now? Yeah. Now? but now? Because um, I loved the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I watched the whole second season all the way through. Nice. Um, uh, I guess, I mean,. I'm not really going to provide any spoilers. It's great. It's a great mm-hmm. show. I mean, like, I think, I mean, the one of the things that, um uh, I'll say a couple things. One, yeah. um, first episode takes place in Italy. Aziz Ansari learns a bunch of, enough Italian to make it work. It's just adorable. <laughs> it's based on The Bicycle Thief. Right. It's just like, I mean, it took so much work and it was so good. Mm-hmm. You know, acting, setup, all that stuff. Second right. one also takes place in Italy. It's like, a takes place at a wedding. You know, based on I think an Italian film, but I don't know.
0: Um, also, super wonderful. I remember seeing the, the trailer for this season and was like, in Italy and stuff. And I just imagined him being like, "All right, guys, for the second season, let's let's do one it, like Italy." Right, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> "So, like, we'll have to spend some time in Italy." Right. And, like, but, but Netflix is paying for it, so it's yeah. Like, yeah. And he, but he, I'm sure it's good. He
1: yeah. even makes fun of that right. um, later in the show because because <laughs> uh, in the show he's making a travel food show with this guy named Chef Jeff, and he uh, so like he makes fun of it a one, I mean, so that's really great about it. Um, I love the Italian character, Francesca. We see her a lot. Um, it's clear from the very beginning there's going to be something that's going on there, yeah. I think. Um, there's, um, <clears throat> I kind of wish I'd like, I, I would have liked to see a little more of his parents. I think they're adorable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I also wish I would have seen more of Alan Yang, the co-writer. He also stars in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like an adorable man, <laughs> um, and he's in one episode. Oh, but that's it. Yeah, I, I wanted more of him. I, yeah. I don't know if he's got something else going on or. Season. Um, I, I I liked it when they kind of split the time. Um, mm-hmm. and I liked you know I certainly I mean everyone talks about that that episode in the first season, Parents, right. um, Which is just a, a fabulous one. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a um, a um a really good friend of mine who is um uh punjabi you know and from um you know uh northern india yeah and like she showed up to her parents and her parents were like yeah this is, this is nothing funny about it. this is what this is exactly true it's, it's a great show um so um and there isn't uh i mean one of the standout episodes in the second season which um i really liked was what's one called uh new york i love you have you seen this one
0: from the first season, the second season. Oh, I haven't seen any of the second season. Oh, okay, so I mean, it's on our list. for for
1: those of you that I mean, it's it's a, I think it's like the fifth or sixth episode. It's called yeah. New York, I, I, I love you, it, yeah. and it's um it, like it starts off and it, there's just some of it that I love. It starts off like they're gonna go see this movie called Death Castle, <laughs> which like and I, I mean you, you never actually see it. I mean you, you see people watching it at the end, yeah. Um, and it has like a twist. Anyway, I mean if Death Castle reminds me, um of uh grindhouse you know like okay. de- whatever the death proof or something i'm yep. um, just like the kind of silly over the top thing. anyway but it, it's like it's like a tour through like i think there's five or six different vignettes of people like you start mm-hmm. off with doormen um and then i think you go to this um uh hang out with some deaf folks for a while mm-hmm. um and the, it's completely silent you just see sign language Dude, and subtitles yeah um the sign language is hilarious <laughs> i mean it's just great uh you then go on to um uh, uh some african immigrants um you know in in various other i mean it's a really really cool show and you end up back in the theater at the end and they're all watching this (laughs) movie um I mean it was just a really I mean, I really like the boldness of the choice of making it silent and doing the sign language. And mm. it was just it was just a really interesting little bit about New York. Yeah. And it's also fun from like a racial perspective, in that like there's a whole lot of like rich white people being jackasses in there, <laughs> which I think is part of people's experience in the world. Yep. And I'm you know, and I'm happy to see a little bit of that in there. And also like there there's a I don't know the actor who plays him, but there's this uh like um Latino doorman at the mm-hmm. beginning who's just like awesome yeah i mean like there's like a a guy like some guy his wife catches him cheating on him spoiler um and he's like yelling at the doorman and the doorman is just like sir you're responsible for your own actions like if you don't back away right now we're gonna have a problem Um, which is not how i thought it was gonna go Mm -hmm. you know i thought like this rich white man was gonna complain about something and and it was gonna be something was gonna happen but doorman's like nope like (laughs) <laughs> like, your wife is throwing your stuff out of the 20th story window because you screwed up and it has nothing to do with me, bro. Yeah. Um, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, uh, and I like um, – I mean, I've talked about how much I love the show Louis. And there's just that – there's an element in the show Louis when mm-hmm. he's when he's going to work for – when he gets the offer of the, going on the Tonight Show, which I think is some of the best – television ever made right yeah. there you know and he goes to his ex-wife and he's like you know he's like worried about it's like well if i do if i get the tonight show i'm gonna have to be working on it. i won't be able to take care of the girls as much and his wife says the thing which is pretty much like you know your, your kids don't just need a father like they need a they need a hero yeah um and which which really spoke to me as a mm-hmm. father you know about the changing roles as your kids get older between mm-hmm. taking care of their physical needs and like taking care of their larger sort of social emotional yeah. development um but I mean I gotta say like I know like Aziz Ansari is never gonna like call me and be like hey (laughs) Jeremy um, I I liked your stuff on the web Um, could you come and write for my show Um, but uh, his show is on a very short list of things that I I would willingly make my my life Mm -hmm. very complicated to go be a part of Um, because I just um, I just I just really think that they really go out of their way to make each episode interesting and creative Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't seem to have a lot of um, drift, you know. I mean, like yeah. if, we, if we look at like season was it season three or four of um, Sherlock, mm-hmm. where like,
0: yeah,
1: I mean I- like it's like full Lucas or Mussolini or whatever <laughs> at that point. Um, you know, I just I, I I don't know what he's like as a as a person, right. but I mean he seems. Um, fairly like focused and well balanced at Mm -hmm. least in terms of the art that he makes right um i really appreciate that i mean there's a little bit in episodes nine and ten which are like well i mean we're advancing the larger plot of love stories and whatnot Mm -hmm. so like it doesn't have the same absolutely strong thematics um Mm -hmm. you know as the beginning but i mean like it's still super super entertaining and like uh, oftentimes, I find myself really appreciating all the references and the structure of it and the way that it's thought out and planned. And I'm like, "Oh, check this out!" And the friends are like, "Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of funny." I'm like, "But but all this stuff in here! Don't you appreciate all that stuff in there?" Um, and there's just like a, a richness to it um, that I really get out of it when I watch it. Like, it makes me feel good about the stuff that I watched, in, and um, you know, and it's also one of those things like I, like I, I I always love like racial humor yeah you know which is not to say like racist jokes but I like humor that um uh, points out and talks about differences and problems with races mm-hmm. you know and, and, and just and the show it's not I, I wouldn't say the show is like provocative yeah um but it certainly like talks about stuff that I find interesting mm-hmm. um and meaningful in a way mm-hmm. that you know other shows don't
0: yeah so Mr. Ansari that's Extra textual show <laughs> direct your yeah. email to Jeremy yeah um we'll get a call soon i'm sure he was listening. so yeah i mean that's on my list to definitely watch so i've been having this dilemma of too much media Mm -hmm. to keep up with lately and i want to bring this up probably when we have mikey on the show too because i know uh him and his wife do this as well but it's like a discussion of like things we're watching with our spouses uh which will be interesting but lately it's been like i'm not complaining at all but it's been like Everything new that we kind of, like, want to watch is, like, we both want to watch it. Yeah. And so, and just, like, of course, lives with kids and stuff, we don't have time to do that together <laughs> all that, that much, um, but that that's one that we enjoyed the first season together, so yeah. we want to wait and watch that uh, together as well. Um, we're both, we're, like, totally wrapped up in The Leftovers right yeah, now. Yeah, you just keep going. Which I recommend. Yeah. I I talk about every episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, And also, if there's somebody out there that like wants to be on the show and discuss it with me that knows what's going on, please come on the show. But uh, yeah, like so I think I mentioned before that my wife caught up um, oh, okay. before the third season because yeah. I had watched it alone before. And so I was like, the third season's coming on. You, you should watch it. So she got into it and we were listening to this podcast of this husband and wife and um, she like uh, entered like, uh, sent them like a comment about like this this clue that she found in the show, um, this reference. And so they, like, mentioned on the show. She's like, they mentioned my thing on the show. She made and it on a like, podcast? Yeah, she's on a podcast. And I was like, oh. you're on a podcast? That's right. Um, you be on a podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, she's really uh, shy and does not like public-type speaking, so she, otherwise she would come on and talk. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's been really fun to kind of go through that with her. And, and, and in general, that kind of makes me think another thing I want to talk about, The Leftovers, is... It's it's by Damon Lindelof who who wrote uh, did a lot of the writing on lost and he totally acknowledges and I think in en- every interview they bring it up how like lost went kind of downhill by the end Kind and, of like, downhill. And uh, it's enough to be its own meme. <laughs> that's right. yeah. And so I think he like is totally tired of you know not being able to live that down. Um, but I think what he's fixed is, really like there's mysteries there's kind of like these little nuggets of things they throw in the new show in the leftovers um, to kind of like contemplate and figure out but it's like totally done in a way that it's not like I need to figure this out to understand the show it's just like little interesting things that when you if you pick up on it it just like enhances your experience of the show it mm-hmm. kind of makes it richer it's not like you have to understand that And it's not like they're... And they've said from the beginning, like, we are not, like, explaining this disappearance of the people. Um, That is not the goal of the show. That's not what we're interested in. We're we're interested in exploring these characters. And I think that was ultimately uh, really what he was interested in with Lost, too, which was probably part of the problem that they were introducing all these mysteries, but the writers were interested in exploring the characters and the audience was getting hooked on these mysteries yeah Um, I think also
1: I think also too with Lost like I mean I'm I'm a Lost hater yeah um, but I haven't watched I've only watched a very very small part of it yeah. but I mean like I've certainly like ta- heard a lot about it and talked a lot about it and I think <laughs> part of the problem with Lost is that like like I think if you cut it off like in season 5 or something yep. season 6 like you, it, it's a, it's a, actually a phenomenal experience mm-hmm. but it's like when you go through and like you you understand how everything was happening and why yeah. you're like I don't I can't I don't want to know yeah, like I can't you know like and in a sense like it's totally unnecessary and totally detracts from, I think, the good stuff that the show had. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, it's a perfect example of Cut the Last Ten. Yeah. Like, just, you right. know, get it, watch and through they, season
0: five and know that you're not yeah. going to find everything and else. And they've discussed, like, they had trouble with the network, that they were like, we want an end date. And the network was like, no, we're do- this is a successful show, everybody's watching it, like, keep going. And they're like, no, we need to know when this ends, like, yeah. so we can end it. We're kind of stalling <clears> right <throat> now. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to mention is a couple things about Leftovers. We're still, there's currently two episodes left from when I'm recording this. Um, and so the, the second season, they didn't quite know they were going to get a third. And so they, I think it does really wrap up nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the show could have definitely ended right there. And I don't know how this season is going to end. Maybe it will be amazing. Um, I don't know. Uh, but I, I am not, as a whole, I don't think the third season has been as satisfying, but I can appreciate that they're pretty much like, we don't have the best ratings, but HBO gave us a third season and money to make it. So like, we can do whatever we want. Like they gave us free reign. So they do some like crazy stuff on this season. Um, that's just really fascinating. Uh, so they're taking the characters kind of in, uh, really interesting wild directions um that that say a lot so i don't i don't quite know where it's going but i really like the commentary on just how people deal with sort of the the unknown of big questions in our life of why Mm -hmm. we're here um our relationship to other people what we owe other people in our relationships Um, where do we go to kind of like find fulfillment and satisfaction in our, in our lives? Um, how do we deal with tragedy in, um, in, in our lives? So I think they're, they're kind of wrapping up how each of these characters explore, whether it's, uh, religion, whether, um, you know, just investing in other people, even if they're damaging relationships. Uh, you know joining cults uh, just believing something even though you know it's not true lying to other people so uh, just really interesting and they're, and they're just trying um, I give them a lot of credit for trying it mm. out so they may totally land you know stick the ending of this show but um, right now it's it's a little I'm a little wobbling it. Um, there's been some great episodes this season it's only eight episodes <coughs> in total um, but there's been a few that I think they could have kind of like skipped over so Mm. uh, we'll see where it ends but I wanted to mention that one Um, so that's that's kind of something we've been watching with my wife one thing I've watched on my own is London Spy London Spy London Spy London Spy I was in London the other day (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is a BBC show that um, I had heard about when it came out um, but uh, wasn't available um, in the US until I, I saw it come up on Netflix so it's a limited series. I think it was only six episodes, five or six. And you just can't beat the cast for me. Um, ben Winshaw, which I've, I've loved in, in things that he's done. Um, he's the, the new Q in the James Bond mm-hmm. movies for people that might know. Um, kind of a young Q. And, uh, and then um, Jim Broadbent? Yeah, Jim Broadbent. Um, Who's in Moulin Rouge? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love him in pretty much everything that he does. Mm-hmm. And this role, he gets to be a little bit more. What I imagine, not necessarily like himself, but he's not playing a real wild character. Mm-hmm. He's more constrained, um, but but interesting. So yeah, I think it's it just takes a different angle where the main character Ben Winshaw is not a spy, but eventually through the story, you kind of find out that he's kind of wrapped up in with other people that are spies and, um, you know, he doesn't really have the skills to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it deals with, uh, sexuality. He's homosexual. And then, um, Jim Broadbent is his older friend who's also homosexual, but they're just kind of like friends and he's kind of helped him through his experience being a young man and stuff. Um, dealing with that, but we find out Jim Broadbent is, had a career as a spy in his past and it's kind of getting so it kind of helps him uh, becomes kind of his surrogate to help him out with mm. that. So it's just uh, it's also treated realistically. I think the idea of sort of like the spy genre. Mm. like what would it be like if you were actually kind of got caught up in these things? Like almost like a Hitchcock, Type story where there's kind Mm. of the ordinary man who gets caught up in this bigger world of Mm -hmm. uh, espionage and stuff but treated very realistically and what kind of effects that has on you emotionally and in your relationships and uh, had a lot to comment on um, I won't say too much but kind of on loss and grief and stuff too and and what's important to you in life so um, yeah I think it has a good balance there's like still cliffhangers in it um but, also, like I said, treated very realistically and stylistically, it does some some kind of cool stuff too. So, I highly recommend a London spy. I don't think it got a lot of attention. Um, just one I'm sure there's not going to be another season. Hmm. yeah. You got anything
1: else? Oh, um, I also, like, uh, when I finished Master of None, like, in, Netflix was like, maybe you'd also like the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> um, which I I I think never really... I was like, oh, it's this girl from The Office. Right. But, like, a friend of mine was like, oh, you, she, like, friend of, a friend of mine said, hey, I really like watching that show. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. Um, And I I watched the first season. Man, I really liked it. <laughs> um Tina Fey, right? Yeah, I mean, Tina Fey...
0: Kind of created the show. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, and it I seem you know, like, it has a lot of that her quirky genius and I think mm-hmm. um I mean like and so like the the first like 10 minutes of the show um is awesome yeah I mean, I, I don't even know what the word to describe it is, but you have like these series of things that happen mm-hmm. that just kind of overlap on each other. Like an event happens and that's in the background and then someone's talking about it on the news and then yeah. there's a guy talking about it on the news which becomes a remixed YouTube video which, <laughs> which becomes the opening credits for this show. I mean, it's like all this like really cool, clever, like yeah. double layering of stuff as it goes in. And I mean, the, the premise of the story is... Um, this you know character Kimmy Schmidt is like in a, she's been locked in like a bunker in the ground in a cult between the age of fifteen and twenty five I think right. fifteen and twenty or something um, by this like weirdo pastor and she's like set free and she's on the Today Show she's the mole woman one of the mole women <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, and she decides to stay in New York and start a life and she gets uh-huh. this like gay roommate named, uh, Titus Andromedon who's just <laughs> fabulous and wonderful, yeah. uh, she has this like curly haired weirdo old upstairs neighbor and she just sort of like goes about New York getting, doing things, but you know, like, I mean, it, it it's kitschy. I mean, it has, uh, it's kitschy, mm-hmm. um, but like, you know, she's, uh, since she was, like... She was captured, I think, in 1995 or something. Mm -hmm. So, like, all of her jokes are, like, early 90s. Right. Which is, like, totally... This is, like, when I was growing up. So, like, (laughs) it's, like... It it essentially sounds like what my house sounds like. You know, like, (laughs) like, she... Yeah, I mean, I right now. Like, the jokes that my wife and I make about stuff are, like, references to, like, the early 90s. So, I mean, it has that, like, clear, like, nostalgia poke Uh in there. Um, But, I mean, also, like... I mean, from the very get-go, I mean, it's about, like, um... Uh, how women are resilient mm-hmm. in like and can deal with a lot of difficult things that happen. It's a lighthearted show.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but you know, it's like she there are plenty of moments and like this show passes the Bechtel test like test like crazy. <laughs> there are plenty of women talking with other women about things mm-hmm. that aren't men hmm. all over the place. Yeah. Um you know and you know it's, it's a female lead, but there are plenty of female leads that like female lead walks into a room of dudes, talks to a bunch of dudes about stuff. Right. But I mean like um, most, I mean, you do have a, a gay male character who's male mm-hmm. um, in there, but like, it's primarily women talking with women about stuff. Yeah. Um, which is nice. You know, and, and like, you know, different women in different places dealing mm-hmm. with different kinds of unfortunate things in their life. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's, it's fun. I mean, like, I, um, I am, t- you know, the, the, the kitsch about 90s jokes and videotapes is like, mm-hmm. it's all geared towards me and it all works. Yeah. You know? Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, it's kind of, I guess it's in the, like, the, it's in the fish out of water category right. of things, right. but I also, like, I love it, and I find it enjoyable, yeah. um, and, uh, it's, <clears throat> it's kind of loopy, like, my friend, um, Tim, who's on the show to talk about video games, is he, he's a bit of a, he he's a hard sell on a lot of things um and he's like yeah you know they just like it's like this those um those comedians are just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks um which is kind of fun i mean yeah. and what i what i felt when i when i when i watched it was like oh like this would never be i would never see this this would never be made if it wasn't for netflix mm-hmm. you know and i, and I was right. just going from master of none mm-hmm. to this netflix original and then like Three days later, like Netflix, you know, sends this trailer that they're going to be making a Dark Crystal series. Yeah. I mean, like, and I, I mean, I know we're talking about this often, but like, it's a really exciting time to be like, yeah. not in totally. the mainstream and interested in media. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean, just like the the way funding and stuff is done, like, none of this stuff would happen 10 years ago. Right. You know, and, 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 they, and like, and if you just, you know, for those of you that have Netflix or any kind of streaming service, like, there's just a whole slate of like, you know, in store content, if you mm-hmm. will, um, yep. that's just and it's. I think because I, I'm not, I don't entirely know how exactly that stuff is funded. I mean, I have some understanding of you know how it sort of works, mm-hmm. um, but there's there just seems to be so much more freedom yep. um, to be like you that's know, what it sounds yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I think it a lot has to do with the, the Netflix algorithm knowing mm-hmm. that like here's some elements of genres that people like. So if you kind of make something that fits in the genre, we know people are gonna watch it. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. I mean, like I I know there's some folks that like get grumpy about like having stuff targeted to them, mm-hmm. you know, because they feel like it, you know, like they're losing their freedom. Right. I'm like, I, yeah, I don't really make, make a chair that yet. fits my large butt, and I'll sit in it, you know. <laughs> right, like, yeah. um, I always find it hard. T- and like my, my shoes. I I wear like a 13 wide, mm-hmm. and when I'm trying to buy like athletic shoes it's like oh they always go up to 12 or they're not available in wide or they're you know like i'm i'm so happy to have something that caters to my taste yeah um you know it's also like you know as the baby boomers sort of age out and you know Mm -hmm. our generation comes up a lot more stuff is made for us yeah um which is cool i mean i I don't um but i also i'm not grumpy about it um yeah because i also grew up in a world where like like very few, like the, there was a media world which was not mine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and there was like, I watched my Star Trek, you know, and <laughs> I watched my like, you know, other cool sci-fi movies that other people we rent on VHS and, you know, right. like, um, but it wasn't, you know, there there was no like, there wasn't a whole lot on mainstream TV that was like edgy in there. Like, and there were sometimes shows like Man and Machine or Viper or, you know, like <laughs> these other like short-lived like cool yeah, shows right. and just like, they go just layers,
0: gone. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think, I feel like more and more I don't really watch a lot on network anymore, like the standard networks, but I just see, sometimes I keep track a little bit, and that so much gets cancelled after one season, and it just seems like everything gets watered down. There was like three new time travel shows this last season, and uh, I I started watching one, um, which is like Team That Goes Back in Time, Um, has these adventures well it sounds great based on your tone of voice it was uh it was okay like i was like i could watch this but it still like feels like somebody had an interesting idea and then by the time it got on air it got watered. uh they're like well we have to reach this big audience and i just feel like netflix has the opportunity to say you know like we we don't have to hit this huge audience like we don't have to make everybody that has a Netflix subscription watch this show, yeah. and they're giving more voice to uh, more freedom, like you said, to people. Yeah. And uh, and that being said, I, I was going to talk about something else, but the last thing I'll talk about is the show Love. Um, mm, yeah, no, I've seen it advertised. I haven't watched it. Because uh, my wife and I... Are in love. Are in love. So we thought it would be a good, good show to watch. It's yeah, a little, <laughs> yeah it makes it sense. Again. yeah um but this is actually i went to undergrad film school with the the main protagonist the male protagonist hmm. and uh he writes the show with his wife and Jed apatow um and created the show um and when i knew him he was you know, mostly i mean he did some like uh improv yeah comedy and stuff but i felt like he was moving more into the production side of directing yeah but, um he's done some acting um so that's paul rust also co-wrote the um Wee herman movie on netflix oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah so uh we did watch the first season and it's a really interesting show and i'm actually sort of like a little bit mixed but overall positive on the show i mean it really talking about giving sort of like females a great great roles and great opportunities um gillian anderson from community is the main uh, female protagonist so she um gillian jacobs i'm sorry i think i said yeah yeah, it's like from uh, the files yeah no gillian jacobs um so uh she is just like plays against type for what you would think and sort of like this is kind of half a romantic comedy half a sort of like um raunchy you know um 20 somethings Mm, kind of mm -hmm. show but uh she is you know alcoholic um she goes uh she is a sexaholic like addicted to sex and not a very nice person often and sort of destructive and it's the second season moves much more into her sort of like actually dealing with those things um and so and he's kind of like a lovable loser he's like a tutor um on a really bad like cw type show for like one of the teenage girls on there like preteen girls and he's like teaches her when she's not on set oh stuff i got gotcha. like that um but he's like wants to be like a writer like a screenwriter um is his character um but and you know he, he grew up in iowa so i just like his character mm. is not it doesn't i think he says he's from south dakota but it's the same same idea right um So, uh, it's just kind of fun seeing, uh, his character in there too. But, um, anyways, I, what I appreciate one point I wanted to make is that it does more than kind of maybe anything else I've seen, maybe something like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind kind of brought this up to me, but that when you connect with someone in a way that like, you don't fully like understand that person Mm -hmm. and that's like something I appreciate Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to make this sound like I'm judging other people, but, like, before, like, I was dating my wife or, like, got married, you know, I would sort of look at prospective other women and stuff like that and think, like... Eli! I kind of have that... I I know people are much deeper than I probably give them credit to, but I kind of feel like I have that person sort of figured out, you know? Like, there's not much mystery or anything to that. And even though, like, this doesn't relate to my (laughs) relationship with my wife at all, but, like... This character who, he is kind of like this goody two-shoes sort of person. Um, But he's like drawn to her uh, because they sort of like connect. They have this like humor that they don't seem to have with like other Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. And they're just drawn. And I really haven't seen that sort of conveyed in the way that I have in this show. Mm -hmm. Um, That you, even though you can even be destructive or like the place you're at right now, maybe to be together could be destructive or not the right time. Um, but that you kind of know, like, I don't really have that sort of connection with anybody else, yeah. um, which I thought was really fascinating. But I, sometimes it's like the blend of, like, their... Which they said they did try to bring more in the second season of more... Because it's also kind of about, like, their friends and their friend circles, kind of. Um, some wacky friends and stuff. And so it's, I think the show is better when it's the two of them together. Um, and they do explore just, like, their relationship mostly in the second mm-hmm. season with some of the friends around So I think that was a good move. Uh, It was the only show that Netflix has ever given, like, two seasons from the outgo. Like, Mm. before it was even released, they were like, you got two seasons, um, which I feel like is a lot of confidence. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it it sounds really interesting. I mean, uh, my comments on your comments... Yeah. Um, are uh, like one of one film, one film that I, I I sort of love deeply and stand by is the Fisher King. It's a Terry mm-hmm. Gilliam film, yeah. and it, and when he talks about how he made it, I mean he sort of encounters these two guys in uh-huh. New York, like this super poor guy and a super rich guy. Yeah. You know, like having some sort of deep intimate relationship. Hmm. You know, like uh, talking on the street. Mm-hmm, there. Yeah. You know, and he and he sort of and sort of this whole film sort of comes out of that hmm. interesting relationship. Yeah. So I mean, I'm 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 pretty much always going to go in for. Um, uh, something that's based on an interesting relationship, yeah. um, because I, I mean I think that it, it's what makes um, it's what makes pretty much everything interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly mm-hmm. philosophical ideas, but mm-hmm. if I'm gonna like, um, uh, I'm gonna, if we're gonna talk about people, yeah. like I, I want there to be a deep and interesting relationship between those people that's complicated mm-hmm. and unexpected. Right. Um, and I also think too, I mean, there's I, I just I just can't pass by this like philosophical concept. Um, of like um i mean i think that there's uh in the philosophical concept concept about um knowing other people yeah because um, i think that there there's certainly um you know in the world in which we live in uh we are married we have we're heterosexual we have yeah. wives um you know th- th- there's a myth in our world that like that we have like these perfect relationships with our wives and we like, we know everything and, and it's just, um, and that they will be the only person we will ever need for anything. And it's just like, um, it, I don't think it's sort of the way that the world works. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, like, um, cause I've definitely had some like friends, like, like I don't go out and get stupid drunk and like throw bottles with my wife. I do that with <laughs> some other friends, <laughs> yeah. you know, like there's, there's definitely a lot of, um, uh, you know, that's what uh, we're doing right now. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I, I other friends um you know that uh, sometimes they're not like sometimes i have a couple of friends they're not really good for me you know like that when i'm with them like i, I do things that i'm i generally don't yeah. I'm not super you know what i'm saying yeah. um and i think that um there that's a, that's an interesting um mm-hmm. idea because yeah. i mean i think that we often build there's sort of like a um a saccharine allure to um the security of family and house and suburb um yeah. and it also uh traps us and kills some of the uh pure verve of living mm-hmm. um and i think that that's something that like we in our 30s look back and see sort of in our early 20s but i also think it's it's present around us in the world it's just we um you know, I, I think. I mean, I also think too, from a parent perspective, like focusing on like raising young kids mm-hmm. is like a different task than I think where, where I am starting to get now, which is my yeah. kids are older and I'm much more like a person in their lives and and less like someone that just makes sure their physical needs are taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, in that sense, um, you know, just you just kind of like you, you make everything safe for a while, yeah. And then I think you venture back into the world of a little bit of danger, yeah. You know, a little bit of excitement. Right. Um, and I think that there are, you know, I mean, like. My my good my good cousin Todd second cousin treated like first cousin, um, uh, who's a philosophical person, always used to say to me, um, you know when you're when you're old and you're about to die, all you have is stories, yeah. so you might as well have some good ones. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that there's, um, yeah, I I'm I, I, I'm excited um, by uh, a show or a story that sort of shows me people doing. like that i mean and Mm -hmm. and and i know that like there's a relationship um that sort of balances these two things someone who's um interesting and dangerous someone who's safe and a little boring Mm -hmm. um which is cliche but it's also they also of course represent like those parts within ourselves right like because we are like the drunken sex addict (laughs) and we are the like pushover tutor right um and uh you know very much like in the Mm -hmm. Um, the musical Hamilton, you know, yeah. where we have Hamilton, you know, mm-hmm. Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr yeah. representing sort of two different perspectives, like Hamilton sort of is always burning out exactly how he feels and Aaron mm-hmm. Burr is always a little bit preserved. The truth is we have both those potentials inside of ourselves In of, yeah. and we sort of have to sort of choose between them. Um, and so uh, it sounds, it sounds really
0: interesting. Yeah. And I really appreciated the, uh, the first season kind of has like the arc where they kind of meet and they kind of start dating and they get a little more serious and then you have like, the conflict that comes in and yeah. they sort of like break up and then the like the final scene is they kind of like run into each other and kind of like Ooh. say the things they you know should be saying and they're like oh maybe this can work and that it kind of ends pretty like realistically not cheesy but then like the second season starts immediately at that moment and the, oh. like it's like you in like a normal film they have that conversation and they just kinda like end or move on. But it's like and here and then, then they're just he like, right and and they're like, you know, in a gas station parking lot and they're kinda like, Well what do we do now? Like, do we should we hang out? Or like you know, like she's kinda like doesn't really remember that like think that this conversation was anything profound, like it was just kinda like I'm in bad shape, man. Like I can't date you. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I thought we were like together again didn't 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 we just do that yeah didn't we just so it was very like funny and um and probably kind of realistic and and how what actually happens and miscommunication and stuff so yeah um yeah i think i think it's worth watching and i like that they're also trying new things like yeah 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 Yeah. okay great yeah so uh thanks for listening and we'll talk about next time
1: Mm -hmm.